Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama minecast. Yes, we are talking about Riverdale. We've learned many things in this episode of Riverdale. It is the Pen Pen Ultimate episode. Yeah, they've really, really leaned into the American Horror Story model. Yeah. But they've taken it one step further. <laughs> like, literally, by the end of this episode, the storyline for this season is done. We yeah. only have falling action. Yeah, which I wasn't fully aware was rising at all. No, nothing rose. <laughs> I didn't know whether the action was rising before it hit the falling action. Everything has just kind of gone on a straight plane. I guess I guess the story of the season is Archie loves Riverdale. Will he save Riverdale? I guess but so. But that action's not rising either. I guess maybe the season will end with him reincorporating Riverdale. Paving which, some roads, filling in some potholes. The problem I have with like both that and the action we see in this, which is a lot of to do with the um, uh, the serial killer mystery and the alien mystery, which I guess are connected. We, I mean, we, we I forgot that Paul, when Polly called them, she said, "I think I'm in a spaceship." There are a lot of things that came up this episode that I forgot about. Yeah, the this so Riverdale has this habit of doing this thing where they'll set something up in the first quarter of the season. Yep. Then it will reach some form of a conclusion. Yep. And then you'll get something different, some personal stuff in the middle, and then it would return at the end. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this did, except for mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it stopped. Like, I think when Jughead left town... No, that was after we came back. Well, everything since we've come back has just been kind of weird, chaotic energy. Yeah, like... That like- just, like stagnated everything like it it feels like there's nothing that happened recently that would motivate now these situations are getting solved like all these things felt like they could have happened earlier we just didn't do them for some reason we were distracted by cheryl's paintings and hiram's (laughs) flashbacks yeah and doing a heist yeah they really had to fill um 19 episodes this yeah uh I don't know, but they have so many stories, and yet they didn't have enough story to do anything. <laughs> How is that possible? Oh, that's classic Riverdale. Why are your seasons so long, but yet you don't hit every beat you can hit? You waste so much time. So much of the amazing amount of time you are given. You have almost 20 episodes. That's unheard of in this day and age. And normally, I think they have like a 23-episode season. Yeah. I mean, this is no The O.C. with their like 26 episodes. <laughs> ah, that was the early 2000s when when they're like, this show just needs to go on forever. But like, you know, 22 episodes, 23, that is 22 hours of TV to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, you three of those of this season had to be taken up by finishing off season four, True. which meant you only had 17 episodes or uh, 16 episodes. But still, 16 hours of nothing. <laughs> well, let's get to this hour of nothing. Absolutely. Because this is Riverdale, season five, episode 17, Dance of Death. Dance of Death. So, in a shocking turn of events, two prostitutes hitchhiking together are not getting pick up, picked up by truckers, especially okay. because the truckers know who Betty Cooper is. Okay, so, <laughs> I have a couple things here. <laughs> One, <laughs> Betty seems, at least last uh, last episode, 
to be very inherent. Like, no, no, we're not prostitutes. We're hitchhikers. I'm like, well, you're dressed like classic, classic prostitutes. Yeah, like stereotypical prostitutes. Um, And maybe the truckers heard of that trucker who picked up a woman on the lonely highway and then his truck was found abandoned with blood outside. Yeah. And they all know that Agent Betty Cooper is going yeah. undercover, cosplaying as a prostitute, yeah, they, attacking truckers. Like, this is known information. Yeah, I, I can't imagine any of them are picking up any <laughs> prostitutes at this point. Now, the big thing that I had here, so Betty is on her whole, it was a family of truckers thing. Um, Jughead will do it later, but Tabitha really gives her a pass on, hey, why do you think that? Yeah. Because her reason for thinking it is because the other trucker said, I used to hunt with my family. And he lives in, like, rural New York State slash Maine slash, you know, the Pacific Northwest, yeah. whatever we've been so, calling So, I mean, it. he could be out there hunting some deers, hunting he, some goose. He could be talking to real hunting. I guess we have to do it based on on Betty being like, I don't believe he was talking about real hunting i think he was talking about a different kind of hunting and kevin if there's one thing we know it's that betty is only good at one thing and only cares about one thing serial killers i just like tabitha should have been like we should have given some lines to tabitha to be like so why do you think that maybe he was the only guy like there's been no kills in 10 days well, no one's <laughs> i imagine for the past 10 days tabitha has been like okay explain this to me again yeah but we need to see it yeah, yeah. well the show never shows us things except for the thing they're about to kind of show us yeah Colonel Jr. calls Betty, and he's like, hey, Betty, I'm really tired of keeping the body of the trucker you kidnapped. In my freezer. So can I please burn him? Yeah. Now, he says a lot of weird things here. One, he says, like, like, like fridges cost money. I'm like, do you have no other bodies in your fridge? Yeah. Also, like, your fridge has to stay a fridge. Like, yeah. you don't unplug it when you don't have bodies. <laughs> yeah, like... It's going to be on all the time anyways. But what he really wants is hush money because he is keeping a body he's not supposed to have. Yeah, he's just been doing this for – I guess him and her are just friends and I think they're friends because he misunderstood his dad's relationship with Betty and Alice. <laughs> he's like, well, my dad helped him because they're buddies and that's what you do and not that they kept paying Dr. Curdle Sr. So Betty offers to pay him. Yeah, so cool. Uh, our, we learned something here that I was shocked about. This is a horrifying development. Archie and the crew what, of what they are now are still mining for Cheryl. They're pulling 12-hour shifts. They Does he not have other jobs? He has other jobs. He has other jobs. He is explicitly a teacher. Kevin Keller is also on this mining crew and we know he's the English well, drama yeah, teacher. Archie is also the – like, all the miners are also the fire department. Like, and if there's a fire, do they run out of the mine and then have to change into their firefighter clothes and from how their do mine? They, how do they know that there is a fire? Because we are led to believe this episode that their cell phones do not work when they're underground. Yeah, and they, unless they rigged up the alarm. I mean, you wouldn't – you don't get a cell phone alert when you're a fireman. You're in a firehouse. <laughs> That's true. I guess they're volunteer firefighters, but they do have a firehouse, which is also a boxing gym. The you, They make all the jokes, like, the member of it's like, oh, Archie, you've had many jobs. And it's like the Homer Simpson thing where he's, he's had many jobs. But he doesn't have all those jobs at one time. Yeah, Archie keeps his jobs. <laughs> Archie does all his jobs. So Archie says to Cheryl, look, it's pretty hard mining 12 hours a day. What I would like to do carbon is... Carbon monoxide. Get carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. I would like to... 
keep up the infrastructure of this town so that when we become a town again, it's a town worth being. We're doing all that work down there, but I think we have more work we can do topside. At which point I'm like, then quit, dude. You don't have to do (laughs) this. You don't have to do this job. It's a job she's paying you. Maybe. It is unclear if they are being paid for their work. Because in this scene, Cheryl goes like, fine, look, here's a finder's fee for the nugget you gave me. And when we hit the Palladium mother load, I will prom- put I promise I'll put 10% aside for capital improvements to the city. Yeah, I'll I'll um when, when you find the Palladium, you'll get fairly compensated. I'm like, they better be getting compensated right now as well. Um, because otherwise this is slave labor, Cheryl. That is illegal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from what we know of the Blossoms, if they were in the South, we kind of have an idea what side they'd be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so the and the future apportion will be put aside to subside the revitalization eff- like efforts. And Cheryl's kind of like, oh, you've talked me into it. But remember her into- the entire reason she broke up with Tony Topaz, the love of her life. And the reason that she sequestered herself inside her house that is forever under construction, just like the... Because uh... it's not a forever under construction anymore. No. They just stopped that. Well, that's because she ran out of money to pay the construction workers. Right. Well, she was finding a way of just having them work for free. Um, <laughs> but she said that I need to redeem the Blossom name in the eyes of Riverdale. And I'll do that mm. by helping Riverdale. But the second she got some money back, she's like, oh, fine. I guess I'll help this time. She's terrible. She's a ter- There's nothing redeeming about Cheryl. Look, most of the characters on this show right now don't have any redeeming qualities. And Betty Cooper, I'm, con- I'm including you on that list. Speaking of no redeeming qualities, uh, we have to hop over to Chad and Veronica, who are in the middle of their divorce talks. And Chad wants the house. The <laughs> Is his house that Veronica bought. Yeah, Veronica says, okay, I don't, here's the thing. We don't know for the relationship to when Veronica's like, I bought it with my money. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. Apparently he was somewhat of a. He was also a good broker on Wall Street, wasn't he? Yeah, and I thought your finances were so intertwined that there's no way to separate them. So how are you. I think she bought the house before they got married. That would make sense. (laughs) He also wants alimony, which makes zero sense because she's the one who quit her job to support their marriage. Yeah, but she also destroyed his job. Well, that was his fault. (laughs) You can't invest in copter cab if you crash the (laughs) helicopter. If you drunk drive a helicopter, you can't invest in copter cab. He also wants the Pembroke. And Veronica's like, fine, take whatever you want. I don't care. All I need is Archie. (laughs) And that was a weird non sequitur during divorce proceedings. That was very strange. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. Why did she just, like, do this before she did the whole weird thing at Copter Cab? That was yeah. unnecessary. Because now he's going to be vindictive, Veronica. Yeah, and I don't know what, I don't know what his state is. I don't know what his world is. The implication I'm getting from this episode is that he is fully ruined. Yeah, he is a destroyed he, man. Like, when he was saying, I want the house, it's like, that's the only thing I have, is that house, and maybe the and maybe the Pembroke, and you'll also give me money, because I have no money. Like, I think he is destroyed. But the show does not tell us this. No. Because the show instead needs to show us uh, Penelope Blossom negging Kevin for being so dumb to join a cult. Yeah, I don't know why Penelope, this entire episode, Penelope's like, I have a grand scheme, which is to make sure that Kevin's not around anymore. Like, later in the episode, she's going to be overhearing when Kevin's, like... Quitting the cult. Yeah, and she and she, she, you see her, like, this weird, like, 
yes, my plan is completed. Like, what? What is this? <laughs> because you would think maybe she's doing it to, like, separate Cheryl from her supporter, but Cheryl is not bothered by Kevin leaving. She is not sad. Yeah, so I don't know why Penelope has all of a sudden put so much focus on, yes, Kevin Keller is the linchpin of I this situation. I did like when she was like, Kevin, this wasn't a cult before Cheryl got her hands on it. <laughs> it was like, I don't think it's a cult. If it was a cult, you'd be in a cult too. Yeah. And here's the thing. It was a cult before Cheryl got her hands on it. It was just a money cult. Exactly. And now it's a Cheryl gets attention cult. Yeah. Which is terrible also. Both so, bad. Both bad. Both bad cults. Both bad cults. So let's not try to be which cult is better than the other cult. Oh my god, Kevin, there's another storyline in this episode. It yeah. kind of connects back to Betty's storyline. Yeah. So Tabitha gets a call from a character we haven't seen since episode one. But it's a good thing that the previous Eon reminded us what this girl looked like. Oh no, like. I had never forgotten about her. I didn't we we did not even know what she looked like. We never see her again. Well, you know. <laughs> they could have just said her name. I'd be like, well, this is Squeaky. Squeaky was the girl who in the first episode was done with Riverdale. I'm heading back to California. And decided to hitchhike. Instead to, of and, getting a bus. Or a ride from one of the truckers that, like... Frequent her place of employment. Yeah, and could vouch for. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to hitchhike a random trucker. That's the thing, like... And she lives in a bad town. Yeah. Like, like yeah, it's like... Atrocity, wish the world was a better place. Squeaky, you gotta be aware of the world you live in. Squeaky, go hop in Sweet Pea's truck when he is driving through a town that has a bus station. Yeah. You can get off and you can get on a bus to California. Yeah, or for all you know, maybe they're doing a long haul to California. That'd be a very long haul, but you gotta you gotta ride from someone who... Can... You know. <laughs> yeah, Tony would vouch for someone totally. Absolutely. She, all she'd have to do is talk to Tony and be like, hey, which truckers are serpents? Yeah, yeah. Because they did know that there was a trucker killing people at that time. Um, no, I don't think they knew at that time. They th This was before the whole there's a serial killer and mm. Riverdale was a thing. So but they should, based on what we learned this episode, everyone should have <laughs> known that there was someone abducting people along the okay. lonely highway. Based on this episode, R Riverdale has been the serial killer capital for decades between the original Black Hood and this this group. Like, <laughs> the, the problem with this show, and okay, there's a lot of problems with the show, but yeah. the problem with this particular storyline is all of our main characters are from Riverdale. Yes. And at this point, Veronica's from Riverdale. Yeah. So they can't keep discovering new things that are like widely known information in town. There's, there's a lot that, of. That we've never heard of before. There's way too many, as you know, moments where it's like, you should know this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? You're telling me this to have, like, to Tony should know all this stuff because Tony's number one thing has always been, I know so much about Riverdale. Yeah. And she is also taken off guard by this. So Squeaky never made her way to California, but more importantly, Tony is back on this show. Yes, Tony she is, is. back at work now to that she's had her baby named Tony. Yep, yep, their baby. <laughs> they keep calling him Anthony. Because someone realized it was dumb to have a Tony have a baby named Tony. Yep. Yeah, maybe eventually Tony will become uh, Antonia, and then Anthony can become Tony. Maybe one day. Um, remember Tony. Britta? Yeah. So yeah. 
for those of you who don't, Britta was the girl who joined Archie's football team. Yeah, she was also the weld, uh, not welding, uh, yeah, she car was girl. The car girl in, um. Yeah. She she was the one who who was the only person wearing a full apron and mask covering her body. So when she's like, I want to join the the football team, it would have been a surprise when she took her welding mask off. And she was a girl and Archie was okay with it. Progressive. So, uh. Students of Riverdale High are not as progressive as Archie. No. Britta, unfortunately, punched a kid named Tim. Yes. Because he kept calling her homophobic slurs. Yeah. And more than that, she thinks that she might be. I've almost said a homophobic slur. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I didn't almost say a homophobic slur. No, you, I she thought, thinks I thought, that she might be a homophobic slur. That's what, yeah, that's, yeah. That is the word I almost, <laughs> that is the phrasing I almost used. No, she thinks she might be gay. And so she would like Tony to come with her to tell her parents. And I'm just like... Why are we seeing this? Like, why are we doing this This young woman's coming out story on episode 17 of this season? What we, a wild tonal shift. We don't have time for this. Because we go right from this to Hiram and Chad planning Archie's murder. So Chad is being a real whiny baby about how he really <laughs> thought he'd be able to get back together with Veronica, and I don't know why he wants that. We know nothing about Chad. Like, we have to come His to... His motivations are a mystery. We have to come to the consequence that Chad is not a person. He's a plot device. And this plot device wants to get rid of... Well, no, he just wants to whine to his father-in-law. No, Hiram has decided to go back on the Kill Archie kick. It's been a while. <laughs> but he loved it. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Just kill Archie. Here's a ghost gun. Go shoot Archie. Uh, so that's what he's going to do. Uh, meanwhile, Kevin did have a thought put in his head that he might be in a cult. Hey, Cheryl. By the way, Cheryl's coaching the Vixens still, so that's fine. That's fine. Um, hey, Cheryl, who's our god? And Cheryl's like, huh, I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, no, here's what I'm going to say. If I was in a group that I'm like, this might be a cult, maybe I should ask who our god is. Because uh, he's like, is, are we praying to Jason? Mm. Now he's like, if she said, yes, we're praying to Jason, that's also a cult. Uh, but <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I'm going to fast on. I'm going to do a cleanse on and it. And then she does the master cleanse that Beyonce apparently did to lose weight for the Super Bowl like a zillion years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a cleanse on it. That's also a bad sign. Mm -hmm. If you ask one of the heads of your religion... Who, who God do, is. Who is God? And, or who, are, who do we pray to? Because she could have just said God. And that yep. is the answer a lot of religions give. We pray to God. And that's fine. But she says, I don't know. I'll check. Kevin, that's when you got to move out of Thorncliff Manor <laughs> yeah. and, like, start getting your life together. Kevin stays two scenes too many. It's true. He, after she proclaimed, I am the holiest of holies, but I don't know who God is, like... Let's move on. So Tabitha was so shaken by the phone call from Squeaky, F I was going to say Squeaky Froms, mm -hmm. from Squeaky's mom, that uh, Squeaky has disappeared, that she's like, well, I got to make Betty and Jughead be friends. I know I told Jughead not to worry about Betty and to focus on recovering from his alcoholism. He's recovered now, Aaron. He's recovered. It's been 10 days. He's he's done. That's done. You're done now. Great. Well, now he's ready to go solve mysteries with Betty. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he relapsed after seven days last time. No. Oh. Ridiculous. He's fine. Yeah, it's done. It's done now. Um, So she's essentially patroning him. She's like, hey, I can't say patronizing because <laughs> that's, that's a different that's connotation. A different now. But she's patroning him. Um, she's saying, like, all right, you don't work your shifts. I also pay your shifts, but you solve the mystery with Betty. My big thing is, like, 
this is this mystery's ongoing. Like this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Benny's been solving it all season. And now Jughead quite literally is just going to read her notes. <laughs> And put all the pieces together. Well, no, he's going to read her notes that be like, I've been doing this. Do you think those may be the same thing? And Betty's like, oh, yeah. Like, they both had the information. Yeah, they, they just, just needed to – Tabitha, <laughs> the friend none of us deserve. I mean, Tabitha had no idea this would work. It's so <laughs> weird of being like, well, now, Jughead, you get in on, on, on this thing that's been going on for months at this point. Like, it – it feels like Tabitha, like, did Tabitha not understand the stakes before? Maybe Tabitha just got tired of walking the highway <laughs> and she was like, I got to get someone else to take in. I'm tired and sad. Like, we already know a bunch of people who vanished. Tabitha just didn't, like, get the stakes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, So they're going to do that. Um, Archie, meanwhile, is... Leaving his boxing gym slash fire station that's what i think it is that's what i think it is i think you're correct (laughs) (laughs) he's leaving somewhere in a dark alley yeah and then and chad comes up and is instantly recognizable to him even though he but he's wearing a hood and archie's like chad and then chad shoots in (laughs) vaguely kind of the direction archie's in chad is very far away not a good shot and he didn't disguise i guess he thought he was going to kill uh, Archie. I refuse to believe that Archie could recognize him, though. Like, I barely recognized him when he was walking out, and he was that far away. Yeah, but Archie's a robot, so That's he just true. used his mind index well, to be like, facial features, <laughs> calibrating. <laughs> Chad. This guy, this guy looks like a bitch. <laughs> um, then our, He's not just a robot, he's Captain America. He throws a trash can <laughs> lid at Chad that breaks his nose. It's really good. <laughs> Chad just runs off. Drops the gun and runs away like a weenie. And Archie, the look on Archie's face is, what was that? Because Archie, I don't think, has thought about Veronica for, like, weeks. No, no, not only that, Archie hasn't seen Chad in months. Archie has no idea the (laughs) situation that's going on there. He has not seen Chad since Chad was the one who was like, well, I, I'll, you know, you can remodel our home. Oh, no, there was the key party. The last time he saw Chad was at the key party. Oh, God, the key party. You're right. <laughs> that did exist. This is how we'll save a marriage, a key party. <laughs> so Archie's just like, what? Yeah. Why are people always trying to shoot me? <laughs> so then we get that um scene that we're talking about with Jughead and Betty where they sort of put their information together. Jughead just instantly, like, so, the, by the way, alien thing is gone. It's no longer aliens. It's all serial killers. Only serial killers. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shoot. I know someone who went missing on the Lonely Highway but wasn't murdered. And I wasn't allowed to talk to him before because I really listened to Weatherby. But, but now. But now that I'm just an adult and he's just a child, I could just contact him online. It's like, well, Jughead. <laughs> and set up a meeting. I'm like, okay, hold up. Hold up here. Jughead, it's not that you weren't allowed to talk to him because you were a teacher. It's that Weatherby was trying to teach you appropriate boundaries between adults and teenagers. <laughs> but him just being like, oh, I couldn't talk to him when I was a teacher. But now he's he's moved away from me and I was fired. So I'm going to contact him on social. It's amazing that the police don't show up. That the FBI isn't there again. Hey, we Betty. Got, hey, we got heard of a disgraced teacher contacting a child on social media for a private meeting. You got to go to jail. <laughs> Jughead, Jughead, come on. Come on. 
So they are going to find Lerman on social media. Yeah. But first, they get another phone call from Colonel. And Betty's like, yeah, 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 Colonel, I have your money. At least four times, I think, maybe three or four times this episode, scenes end with Betty just getting a call from someone. It's true. <laughs> in this case, yes, it is. Um, Colonel, there's another body found in Swedlow Swamp. Weirdly enough, this one was like fully dismembered. Yeah. Like, they don't know who it is. Was like, mutilated. They cannot tell, so they have to do DNA testing. Yeah. They will somehow get DNA from Squeaky's mom, which is weird. What? No, they get... they. No, they, they are testing the body oh. to see if it's Squeaky or if it's Polly. Later, later... Okay, uh, whatever. They, they confirm it's Squeaky. Um, I just don't understand how they got DNA from her mom in California. Well, no, my confusion... Well, because they, they don't. What he says, and I decided to skip over it because I'm like, whatever, it doesn't matter. He says... I was able to match her body parts to Squeaky. And I'm like, maybe she's got a tattoo or something. No, it's, it's because they get DNA from Squeaky's mom. They that say co- that? Yes. It's, oh. They say it in one of the scenes. Oh, I just I just got the part where he says, I've matched her body parts. I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's because he doesn't have a full body. He only has body parts. Well, no. but Ugh. Yeah, but what do you match him to? There's no dental records. The DNA. No, but that's what I mean. He does not say DNA in the scene I'm referencing. Okay. He says, I matched her body parts. I'm like, do you have a uh, have a database of, here's an arm. This arm matches Squeaky. Yes. Yes. Colonel does have that. He's weird. Uh, so, so it could be Betty's sister. We just reveal it's not Betty's sister. Whatever. But. Back to the divorce. Back to the divorce. Veronica is now angry <laughs> that Chad tried to shoot Archie. These two lawyers sitting next to them. Do not respond enough. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. He tried to murder a man? Because all, all the Veronica does is like, hey. You tried to kill Archie, and you left the gun behind, you idiot. So if you don't give me everything, I'm going to press charges. I'm like, Duke, press charges! Yeah, lawyers are right there! He tried to murder him, and if you and there's no reason for him not to try again. I do like, though, in the scene, she's like, you tried to murder my lover. And I'm like, uh, is, that's a real stretch there, Veronica, which does make this worse. Is... He tried to kill a random man <laughs> who you once dated. Yeah, is it? It's like Veronica thinks if people are poor, they can't do anything to me. Well, and she has to press. She has to press charges because now he's like a known danger to society. Yeah, like attempted murder is a be, being like I won't press charges if you give me everything in our marriage means that he'll just kill both of you. Also, Veronica. If you press charges... You'll get everything anyway. Exactly. If you could prove that he tried to kill your current boyfriend, like... Or your friend. Like, if he tried to kill your friend to get to you. Yeah. (laughs) And they have the gun. They could just be fingerprinted. Notably, he does not flip on Hiram, which is honestly kind of impressive for Chad. Chad is unknowable. (sighs) All right. So uh, we have a quick scene with the... Blossoms where everyone Kevin and Nana Rose. Well, so Kevin, I guess, lives in Thorncliffe Manor. I guess it makes sense because he has nowhere else to live since he moved out of and they... Fangs's house. So the the big thing in the scene happens. The Cheryl's not eating, and she kind of like faints a little bit. But that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, nothing comes. Of nothing this. comes of that. Like I thought maybe Penel was Penelope poisoning her again because Penelope has this weird smile when Cheryl does her little faint. But 
don't know. And they're eating beautiful, delicious, extravagant food in front of her. I, I mean, clearly that's Penelope messing with her. I cannot with the blossoms. All right, so Chad goes to Hiram. And he, and he t- claims the gun, gun misfired. <laughs> oh, Chad, you sweet, dumb boy. Oh, you weenie. Um, and then Hiram's like, you're useless. You're terrible. Leave Riverdale. I hate you. <laughs> and that is the scene. Poor <laughs> Chad. Bad day for him. Chad getting clowned on. <laughs> um, Chad, here's the thing. Chad sucks. I don't think he sucks this much. No, they are really mean to this poor character. Like, Nick St. Clair is worse than Chad. It's like they wanted... Do they want Veronica to marry Nick St. Clair? Then they were like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. She, she can't marry a known rapist. Okay, so she'll just marry Chad, who is not Nick St. Clair. But, but all has the all... things we wanted to do to Nick St. Clair, we'll do to Chad. Yeah, like... He does seem like a stand-in for Nick St. Clair. They have just made him, like, such a nothing. Like, no redeeming qualities, total weenie, bad at everything, and I can't understand why Veronica married him. Yeah, like, I think at some point they tried to be like, oh, he reminded you of Hiram. (laughs) How? How? That is an insult to Chad and Hiram. (laughs) No, he doesn't. There's nothing about it. How did they get married? How did her? How did Veronica get her finances so tied up with his that they were nigh untangleable? How did she become the She Wolf of Wall Street in two years and keep it for three months before she quit to go work at Basie's, Lacey's, whatever it's called? I don't know. I look. I don't. It's been seven years. She went to Bernard for four years and then. She their their plane crash was a year ago. I think. Yeah, we thought they were only married for one year because Chad says, "What a wonderful year it has been," which is a weird toast to give. But they can only be married for two years because we know that he was in Katie Keene, and that took place five years after Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, so uh, after this, Veronica brings over the divorce papers to Archie. And She's they have incredibly sex. wealthy again. Sure. So maybe she could solve all these problems. Yeah, maybe she can invest in the town infrastructure. (laughs) And then they have a sex scene. So the biggest reveal of this episode happens. And Kevin, I will not steal it from you. You can give it. I know you've all been asking this. You've all been wondering, and it's a question that has been dominating your mind this entire season. Uh, it's probably, I think maybe one, no, we, we don't follow all the social media stuff around it. No. I have to imagine everyone's been asking Oh, it, I'm right? sure it's all over Reddit. Yeah, I'm sure it is, like, the top question that people get asked, what's going on? Um, Alice still has her job. Alice is, it appears to be, the head anchor for, at local, for Riverdale Local 17. For, I don't know. Yeah, for the station. Um, I don't know how that impacts now that they're unincorporated. I don't know what any of that means um, for, like, local news. Uh, But she still, with all her passing out on the couch, drinking wine, and, like, being real. Not being able to look after these children, these 10-year-olds. They're 10. Yeah. Like, they're not small children. No, they're in school most of the time. They can almost babysit. Um, and, And Betty being, like... How, like, oh, I have to take care of her mom. She's been keeping her job. And her mom probably makes, like, a hundred grand a year if she's, like, the head anchor. 
It's hard to with local news. They really like the, the yeah. It is unknowable. It's hard to yeah because this could just be this could be public access news. She could own the station, and it's just Alice talking on TV. She's working working, working there for eight years. Yeah, yeah. She's been there for quite a while. She has to be a senior there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she still has her job, and she's she's off to go do her job. And, and- then she's like. Tom Keller did tell me that a body was found in the swamp, though. I did. Did Tom Keller tell her? She said Tom. Okay, then that's probably fine. Wait, no, he's not the sheriff. He is the sheriff. Oh, he is the sheriff, right? <laughs> no, he is the sheriff. It's just we don't know how everything works with the whole unincorporated thing. Yes. Like, shouldn't they be part of a different county? Oh, is he the county sheriff? So yeah, or... he's got to be the sheriff for the entire county. Yeah. And it- Usually it seems like he has no deputies, but actually he should have more deputies and more power. Yeah, now, because he's gone from just the sheriff of Riverdale to the sheriff of an entire county. Anyway, Betty's like, yes, a body was found. It is aggressively mutilated, so they're doing some (sighs) DNA testing, and I'm really sorry I told you that. I had a moment here where I'm like, Betty's telling her a lot of information that I feel like if she reported on the news, the FBI would be like, how'd you get that information? And then they'd have to reveal that... Well, I mean, I meant to be like, I can't reveal my sources, and they're like, it's Betty, isn't it? (laughs) It's your daughter, isn't it? She's still working this case, and she's revealing information to you. I mean, to be fair, she could have got the information from Tom Keller. (laughs) That's that's why I went, like, okay, so she did mention Tom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're not going to find out the repercussions of all this information just yet. No. Because Cheryl... In her fasting frenzy delusional state, yeah, painted she's... a beautiful painting. Like it's a nice painting. Yeah. And comes to some insane conclusions. So she has figured out the god of their cult is nature. They worship the four el- the four classical elements. That are all summarized by Gaia, Mother Earth. And Kevin's like, I'm out. He's like, oh, oh, this is oh, a cult. This is hundred percent a cult. I like I like how he is so disconnected to Cheryl that he's like, okay, you keep doing this. And Cheryl's like, okay. <laughs> I'm leaving. And she's like, yeah, I still love you, Kevin. And then Penelope's weird in the corner. And there's no there's no out for that in this episode. So so that's that. Maybe that's the storyline of the season. <laughs> oh, God, probably is. So well, Betty and Jughead are waiting for um Lerman, we get that Alice reporting. And she uses the information Betty gave her. And she's very emotional. She makes a very impassioned plea yeah. to just... The serial killer should just come forward because she's sad and it's hard to be the mom of a missing daughter, which is all accurate. Yeah. I mean, she, she's just doing the thing that, like, grieving parents do on the news. Yeah. It's just a little bit weird because she's also the news anchor. <laughs> she's also the news anchor, yeah. Uh, and then Lerman arrives and that's pretty much that. Well, I mean, we can, let's just go through Lerman talking about yeah, his thing, Yeah, they think. do do some weird drama where he's like, sorry, my bus was delayed. And I was like, I didn't know you were late. Right, what's, yeah. So he he kind of fills us up again on what we already kind of knew, but he confirms. So yeah, he was sleepwalking and then he woke up in a metal shed. He says it was windowless. Yeah. It was round. And he was like, it was the shape a spaceship he's might like, be. Just, it seems like it was kind of like the inside of a sh- spaceship, which is what Polly said it was. We will see the shed. I refuse to believe that, that the inside of that shed, which looks like a shed. It looks like a round shed. I don't even know if it was round. I think it's just like a rectangle shed. We never see the inside of it. I refuse to believe the inside looks like a spaceship. I, I mean, you can't see anything, but even if you can't see anything and you know it's round and you touch the walls, you know they're metal, there are a lot of things you would describe my, it as other than spaceship. My first thought would not have been spaceship. I would have started with shed. 
which is what he says. Or like a grain silo. What? Yeah, or like, or inside a shipping container, or maybe just a circular metal room. But to instantly go to, like, I can almost get him because he's kind of portrayed as a nerd. Like, mm-hmm. he, like he he agreed to do this in a, in exchange for a first edition of War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um. So he just thinks spaceships. But, but I mean, I'm also a big old nerd. My first thought wouldn't be spaceship well kevin you have never been locked in a grain silo so who knows what you would say you don't know what i do on my weekends uh (laughs) um the next thing he says he's like yeah and then the mothman came and set me free and betty and jughead are like and he's like yeah i get it he was not a mothman he just (laughs) called himself a mothman oh yeah i love that lurvin's like no 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 let me explain this in a way that isn't a like a wild person explaining this on some sort of weird documentary he called him to the Mothman. He had red eyes or red markings, something like that. There, there was red stuff going on. Yeah. I was kind of scared, so. Yeah. He said I was a mistake. I should be thrown back. And then he, I did. Then he took me back to the highway. <laughs> he did say that if I ever told anyone what happened, other Mothmen would come. Yeah. Which, yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Lerman, very on the level. Very practical. Um, and he explains that it's like, how did you know you're near the Lonely Highway still? He's like, well, I could hear trucks outside the shed. So, not a spaceship. Nope. <sighs> Great Rick Lerman. Okay. So, Tony and Fangs have another quick scene about Britta uh, talking about, like, coming out. Because Britta apparently did come out to her parents with Tony there and it didn't go well. We don't have time for this. Then they talk about their own coming out stories and, well, this, Fangs rubs her feet and she drinks wine. Yeah, like, like, Are I, they going to get together? I don't know. Because they're both bi, right? Yeah. And it's cool and all, but we don't have time. Why is this a storyline? And we especially don't have time because while this is going on, Hiram Lodge is listening to a beeping sound, and the beeping sound- And he's watching a timer count down on his desk. Is connected to a mine that he set off in the mine. You probably just call it a bomb. (laughs) He said- The the mine thing is- Okay. Although I wrote, sets off a bomb in the mine, so- Yeah, yeah. Okay, he mined the mine. He mined the mine. He mined the mine. Well, Well, the miners were mining the mine. He mined the mine to unmine the mine. So Archie hears the explosion. He's like, hey, go, 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 go. And someone's like, Eric is mining alone. Did they not learn not to mine alone after? Also, did Eric not? I mean, technically, I think Eric was immediately crushed (laughs) by. He's fine. He he was immediately crushed by a rock. Yeah. Um, So, oh, my gosh. Do they get out? The cave-in. Cheryl hears about the cave-in. Veronica hears about the cave-in. There's a cave-in. They're going to dig them out. Veronica will pay any amount of money to get as many crews and heavy-duty machinery here to get them out. Because she's rich again. However, Um, this will end up not being necessary, but good for you. It could take hours, maybe days. Now, Frank knows this was a deliberate explosion because he heard an explosion. So good for Frank. Great work, Frank. No, I heard a bomb go off. So (laughs) this is not a mis like this didn't happen by accident. There was a bomb. Who would who would mine a mine on purpose? Mm. And then Rocky's like, oh, I know. I gotta go. So Eric, hang on. I do. I do want to mention this. So we spent a lot of time in this trying to figure out what is Hiram doing with this whole thing. And here's what I figured out: he is Scooby doing. (laughs) Now, now. 
in most cases, you would dress up as, you know, a ghost and you'd haunt the mine. And people would be like, we can't mine down. This is Miner 49er is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so eventually Cheryl will be like, well, no one's willing to work the mine. So I'll have to share. I'll have to sell it to Hiram. Like, except for. This time he's just making <laughs> a lot of cavens. Except for he's doing a very dangerous. He's doing the, I guess, dramatic version of the Scooby-Doo, which is I'll keep the mine closed until it's sold to me. There and should have been more him. Like I think that's his plan. He should have been sabotaging the mine more. Then, okay, no, his plan is to kill Archie. Well, I think that's just a nice addition. We know his plan is always Palladium. That's true. It's always Palladium. So but by, also, he's back on the kill Archie train. So by keeping the mine shut, then Cheryl eventually Cheryl he will doesn't have know to... Cheryl. Cheryl is full of spite. She's never going to sell that mine. <laughs> she will keep it locked up and full of ghosts for a millennia if she has to. Yeah, yeah. Though I do wish it was just Hiram putting on a mask and being like, <laughs> like ooh. And, and yeah, it's 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 so Scooby-Doo. Okay, uh, we get a quick scene here where we learn that the body, well, not quick scene, actually a quite large scene, but we learn that the body was not Polly, it was Squeaky, as we revealed before. However, Dr. Curdle really took some liberties with the whole DNA he received. <laughs> By the way, you gave me some DNA, so I did some weird stuff with it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you are related to the dead trucker. Very distant cousins. And, 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 and Betty's like, no, no, no. No more Coopers. No more Cooper stuff. No more of that nonsense. Like, the Coopers are all dead. No, no, no. Um, but. She also has other family. Yeah. Um, so actually, it's like, well, well the Blossoms, you're related to them. And so, then Colonel's like, I have a second reveal. <laughs> While I was doing weird stuff with DNA, someone came here to the morgue and broke in and stole all of Squeaky's body parts and also stole the trucker's body. Yeah. And then Jughead is like, oh, just like the Mothman body was stolen. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, yes, but be, but if your only link is, my God, someone stole something like something <laughs> else was stolen. Like, yeah, what's, yeah, yes. Like, I mean, yes. Yeah, yes. But it's not like they left anything behind for you to, like, oh, they stole the boys and all they left behind was maple syrup. Like, yeah, when when someone steals something and someone steals something else, they're both stolen. But, sure, but there is a connection. Is so a connection, I guess I can't rag on him too much. Well, because the way he says that, he's like, hmm. But a blossom gave me the body that was stolen, and now I've talked about the blossoms twice in, like, five minutes. We gotta go see the blossoms. Yeah, um, so what I wrote down is, like, oh my god, the Mothmen are just the Hills Have Eyes version of the blossoms. This will be proven to be true. Well, because we, we when we saw that body, we're like, that's a deformed body. That is a Yeah, deformed, that's not an alien. Yeah, that is a deformed child. Um... And now Tabitha mentions here, it's like, and when you take those monsters down, I want to be there. Like, you work at a diner. You're a businesswoman. Don't don't go after the, the Hills Have Eyes family. But Kevin, we don't know what you did in Chicago. That's true. So Hiram is gloating too soon. He is happily drinking some rum and thinking about mines. And he continues not to lock his door because Veronica just comes in and... Knocks him on the back of the head and ties him up. I refuse to believe that Veronica, Lo Veronica Lodge can lift Hiram. We have seen his muscles. Yeah, that I, man is like all bulk. Somehow she got him into, like, she got his dead weight into a chair and tied him up. So, sure, Veronica, impossibly strong. And she explains that she's been thinking 
of what the ther- the school counselor she talked to said. And then she makes something up. Yeah, she tells us a story that they're... Like, this cannot possibly... No, sorry, not, not that. I meant she makes up the whole thing. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, she talks to the counselor is like... Because um, remember, we remember the counselor. The counselor yeah. said, hey, don't engage with your father. Don't engage with him. The only way you're going to get away with him, away from him is by becoming your own person. You will never beat him because he's unbeat. Like, yeah, you, you will... You're just going to be tied up and one-upping him yeah, for life. Don't go... Don't stick down to his level. What Veronica apparently heard was... We are locked in a dance of death, and it will only end when one of us is dead. Like, how did you how did you mishear her or misunderstand her so badly? Okay, she also compares herself to Oedipus Rex, and I'm like, I don't know if that's the comparison you want to make they there, ma- Veronica. They mentioned Electra in the old episode. Like, it was me- – that was the really weird one, remember? None of that is correct. <laughs> So they're really like bastardizing that. So complex. she, so they decide to give us a story that occurred before the series began, and which does not sync well with where we know Veronica to be. Yeah, at the beginning of the series, because at the beginning of the series, she loves her dad and doesn't believe that he could do crime. Yeah, and I, you can make you can make a call if you want to that, like, oh well, she repressed it. She was young. She was a kid. Blah blah blah. But let's just go through it. So she thinks of her quinceanera. I was confusing with her conferment for a while. I also was confusing with that. Because we see her conferment. Yes. Um, but her quinceanera. And she overheard him in the study talking to, I guess, his mob friends. And he, he said to those mob friends, man, I sure wish I had a son who could do mob things. Man, Having a daughter is a disappointment. Man, you know who sucks? My daughter, Veronica. The one we're all here to celebrate today. God, she sucks. <laughs> I love how Hermosa only exists in a quantum state. Like, <laughs> Hermosa seems exactly what he wants. Yeah, he right? has everything he needs. I guess at this time, him and, Hermosa, him and Hermosa, Hermosa weren't super close. But maybe they were. It's unknowable. Hermosa had... she was an adult. Yeah, she was like had to be like 18 or 20 at this time. Yeah. I don't know. Um... And then she explains, I guess, what her motivation for the series has been, which is she's always wanted his approval and his love. And, and this she is hated season- herself for that. And this is season five, and it's way too late, and that's not what I felt like was going on with her. But uh, Veronica is going to do what Veronica is going to do, so she is going to leave Hiram tied up to that chair, and if Archie dies, he dies. Later... Veronica will take a knife that's in this room. It's a letter opener. Yeah, I know. Hiram doesn't try for the knife. He's on a rolling chair. He could definitely. No, Hiram just stays there in the exact same spot. He's in a rolling chair. His hands are tied behind his back. You knock the chair over and wiggle yourself off the top. He's not even tied in through, like, the arm constraints. The fact that I'm thinking so much about how Hiram could just get out of this situation, and he doesn't. Hiram also loves their dance of death. And their dance of death is finally coming to an end. Or Archie will survive, and it won't. But we can't talk about that right now, because Jughead and Betty are yelling at an old woman. Oh, yeah, they interrogate Nana Rose like Batman interrogates someone, and they learn that when Nana Rose did the whole thing with Jughead, she just lied. And that is one of my least favorite ways for a mystery to be revealed. It's like, oh, it wasn't a misunderstanding, or it wasn't a... Um, like 
covering up for any real reason. She wasn't trying to get him away from the Blossom House. No, she just lied because she felt like it. She does not explain any of her motivations for what she did in this series. No. She does explain prior to the series, she was walking through the woods one day and found Cousin Timothy's body. Yeah. So she stuck him in a vat of maple syrup. So that was that's who the Mothman was. Now... Who is Cousin Timothy? Well, he was one of her late husband's... Uh, illegitimate Ill- children. Apparently he's had... Although I think he was... Okay, they are not super clear about this. So yeah. her husband, Papa Rose, we'll yeah. call him, had six illegitimate children yes. with all of the women who worked on their estate. Yes. And then he gave the babies to Nana Rose well, yeah, and, and was Nana... like, take care of these. And she took them to a barren <laughs> family that lived in the woods. Yeah, she said, I have to get rid of them. Fortunately, I found one family that was really into just having as many kids as possible because they were barren. So, But this would have been like Penelope's generation. Mm-hmm. And there are two generations of um, these Stark, Stark Weathers. Weathers. Yeah. So I think some of the Stark Weathers had kids with their half-siblings. Yeah, well, they call them incest family. So Cousin Timothy, I don't think, is one of the sons. I think he's one of the grandkids. That's what I mean. I, I think Herc's calling him co- Cousin Timothy was a terrible mistake on the writer's part because he's not her cousin. And now we're thinking about this too much. Yeah. He was just a young kid that was like whatever. Anyway, we find out that um yep, there's a clan of blossoms living in the woods and they <laughs> created the Mothman to keep people away from them. Yeah, okay. Jughead Jughead summarizes this is like okay, so there's the hills have eyes blossoms. Yeah. Um why did you call the corpse a Mothman? She's like, well, well, I called him a Mothman because they called him a Mothman. That doesn't explain why she just lied to him. Why would she give him the corpse, but not the entire story? Well, and what would make sense is if Nana Rose wanted to keep the secret, yeah. but she knows that she's slowly going crazy, and she's worried that she might slip and say the wrong thing. So she's like, if I give him the corpse, he'll just go away, mm. and I don't have to worry about slipping. This is not... I don't know I'm why... I'm headcanon I don't know this. why she didn't just give the corpse to the Starkweathers. Like, she does... It's not like she likes them, but she also doesn't seem to hate them. And also, why did she put the corpse in maple syrup? Well, yeah, why was she seemingly hiding it? So, I mean, you mentioned it. The reason that they have the Mothman story is they want people to leave them alone. So they just invented the Mothman story because then people would Be leave them alone. Be scared to go into the woods. We will learn later that they also use the Mothman story to cover for them killing people. But I don't know when that started. Like, I don't know if the Stark Brothers were already killing people before the kids were given to them. Yeah. Or if they started doing it partway through. Or if it was only the kids who killed people in the stock, whether parents never did it. Yeah. And then we learned they've moved from the forest to the mines, which I was in which, Hiram's time. But that, no, it was the other mines. The, 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 uh, the first mines. So there's three mines. There's three mines. There's the original mines that... Um, Where dry- the miners kept going missing, well, that Dreyfus worked at. Well, but they, ooh, but they didn't actually keep going missing. That was, that was a lie. But they... Oh. No, old, yeah, Old Man Dryfish just lied about that story. But then, what What did Pop Tate see? I don't know. Aaron, what did Jughead see when everything rattled around him? Because that was alien stuff. I can only assume that was Starkweather standing outside <laughs> and, like, shaking. Well, no, I think they want us to assume, oh, well, it's because Jughead was drunk. 
Jughead is a is a drunk man, so he hallucinated an earthquake. That's not how drinking works. That's got to be revealed in the last two episodes, right? Yeah, there like there are too many questions still. Okay, so we kind of jumped over it a little bit. Old we they learned that old man Dreyfus, his last name is Starkweather, so he's old man Dreyfus Starkweather, and Aaron, this is also Scooby Doo. Yep. They they literally don't want people bothering them. So, so they, they made, made ghosts. They made the Mothman and they dress up as the Mothman. They're really, this, this really convinced, con- really attached to this. <laughs> this is serial killer Scooby-Doo. This is adult Scooby-Doo. Aaron, this is what, this is CW's version of Scooby-Doo. And I'm so angry it's not actually Scooby-Doo. <laughs> so back at the mine, at the first Scooby-Doo... <laughs> There is a lineup of miners, and they're doing, like, a rock removal chain, which is Mm. very cool. And Cheryl's busy praying. There's more miners than I expected. There's a lot of miners. Yeah. And these are not the backup crew. Like, the heavy equipment is not there yet. Like, they're just doing stuff while they're waiting. They're all dressed as the miners who are in the hole. Uh, Meanwhile, Archie is on the other side, also pulling rocks down. And he gets tired because they don't have any oxygen, and he's exerting a lot of energy. And Aaron. And... The pumps that pump out the carbon monoxide have to have been knocked out. Oh, and he is poisoned <laughs> again and hallucinating again. Yep. So he hallucinates Bingo, who's like, you gotta keep moving. You did twice as many push-ups and sit-ups as everyone at basic training. Archie, please remember that you're a robot. You don't know how to give up. So uh, then the, he um, summons a lot of all other hallucination ghosts to give Archie the power to superhumanly pull through. Or, but, but he's just poisoned on carbon monoxide. Kevin, or there are actually ghosts there moving rocks. I'm not uh, sure what to believe on Riverdale anymore. Oh, there's actually ghosts there. Um, we have to head back into the Brita storyline, and it actually does connect with the main storyline. Oh, so this is crazy. At the end of the scene with Nana Rose, Betty gets a phone call, and they say, oh, there's an emergency. And I thought it was the mine. That's what I thought it was as well. <laughs> but the emergency was not the mine. It's that Britta tried to run away from home because her parents kind of sucked. Yeah. But th- but then a lot of this is just them being like, she's running to Lonely Highway. There's serial killers on the Lonely Highway. She's probably been kidnapped. <laughs> they have no evidence that she's been kidnapped. But like at this point, they're aware of the town they're in. They're in a show yeah. Why would we be seeing this storyline if Britta wasn't kidnapped by the serial killer family? So Tony wants to go with them and Fangs is like, you are a mother. And we, we spend way too much time going back and forth over who is going on this when, when, raid. But I'm just like, I don't know, maybe you should call the FBI. You like, know they're nearby. <laughs> like, And then there's this thing where Tony is like, like, I really connected with Britta. And I need Anthony to know that I'm not a coward. And I'm like, okay, here... Here's a quick message I want to give out to everybody out there in the world. You are not a coward if you don't want to go on a impromptu raid of a serial killer family. Nope. That does not make you a coward. That's why we have specially <laughs> trained people who do that. If, if you want to call some form of an authority that maybe is based around... Finding and taking down serial Serial killers. killer families. That doesn't make you a coward. It's okay to call them. <laughs> it's fine. But they won't do that. They'll just get their stuff and head out. So uh, back at the mine, Veronica's hand is bleeding. She goes, yeah, I guess she goes, Did she hurt herself while she was tying up Hiram? No, I think it's the rocks. We, we actually see her carrying rocks. Okay. So she just hurt herself. It doesn't really matter. And Cheryl is like trying to t- clean her this, up. And then This she- scene doesn't matter. This scene doesn't matter. No, it does matter <laughs> because Cheryl re- connects 
Archie to Orpheus. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, I did write that down. I wrote down that she makes an Orpheus reference. I'm like, what made you want to do Orpheus? Yeah, what about Archie's situation makes it Orpheus? Yeah, he's underground. Is So does that make Eric... Eurysses? Uh, Eurysses. And if he looks back, Eric... Will disappear? Will disappear. I'm like... Like, by that logic, you could just say Jesus. Like, yeah. if your only reference is he is underground and he has to no longer be underground. Maybe Archie could become the key part of their religion. He's I, also a redhead who went underground like Jesus. I hate how much... I I hate how they write Cheryl and Veronica's dialogue. Making them so clever. Cheryl has been worse thus far. Veronica has kind of narrowed down or uh, stopped when because and remember season one, Cheryl was making Truman Capote references. And, and when every single one of Veronica's lines had like seven references in it. Yeah, but Cheryl has been the one who more recently will just say something weird, like utter nonsense, to, <laughs> referring to him as Orpheus because he's Orpheus wasn't trapped underground. No, he chose <laughs> to go under there to find someone he loved and bring them back, and then he couldn't resist looking back, and then he lost his one true love. Yeah, because he. What about this is Orpheus? <laughs> Well, Archie loves Eric. Um, speaking of something that is nonsense, Cheryl, after she sends Veronica home, decides to pray to the elements, and the elements are affected by her prayers. The fire flares up, the wind blows, nothing happens with water because there's no water around, and then we see Archie digging with earth. But the point is, this is just magic. Like, this is literal magic. Yeah, and that's why... A, ca- a campfire flared... Wind blew. Like, wind, the wind could be a coincidence because they're on a force. But the campfire goes so high. <laughs> and that's why I think ghosts actually help to dig Archie out. And we know that Sabrina is canonical in this universe. This is just magic. So while this is going on, this the scenes of Archie being sa- saving himself are intercut with Chad. He got another gun. And he went into this, Veronica's apartment. This one has more bullets in it. And uh, he's creeping about, and Veronica, rather than calling Tom Keller... Or leaving, or just leaving. ...decides to turn all the lights out and scare him with the flight of the Valkyries. Uh, well, is that what she plays? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, she, she she uses her Google Home, or whatever the in-universe version of it, uh, to, to scare and then kill Chad. Yeah, she creeps up on him. They struggle over the gun. They both reached for the gun. Yep. Now, admittedly, um, yes, he inv- he invaded her house. I bet pros- probably Castle Doctrine will save her there. Um, if-, if they saw what we saw, she had plenty of time to leave. Yeah, she did not need to struggle with him. <laughs> no, she didn't need to kill him. But she does. He is dead now. And um, she won't be able to hide his body because Smithers comes home right as this is happening. Also, like... She's probably, I mean, she recently, he's a recently divorced husband who had a history of trying to kill her boyfriend her boyfriend, and then went to kill her. She is, legally, she's, I have to imagine, in the clear. I just want to point out to the audience that Veronica has now killed two men, <laughs> shows no remorse over either of these kills. We should be concerned about Veronica. We should be concerned about Veronica. Um, especially considering how I don't know if the show's aware of how sociopathic she is. She calls Hiram a sociopath, but... Yeah, well, and she, like daughter. D- she does not stay to call the police or clean up that body because she no, gets Smithers a phone call. Smithers will do it. Yeah, she's yeah. got to go see Archie. Yeah. Uh, so, well, no, she doesn't go see Archie. She doesn't go see Archie first. She gets the call that Archie's fine. She goes to Hiram. That's true. She releases Hiram. Yeah. Uh, 
She lets him go. And she calls Hiram a failure in a cartoon. And then he, then she explains that like Chad's dead, and Hiram's shocked. Like, and well, also she seems to like she really seems to imply on like like you'll end up like Chad, like you know your friend Chad. And I was like, I don't care about Chad. Who? 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 So um, now it's time for the raid. Yeah. Jughead is going to distract Dreyfus by talking to him inside his house about the Mothmen. And he doesn't... Well, I thought he was going to distract like distract him by keeping up a lie. No, he, he bears all the cards immediately. He's like, by the way, I know you guys are the Mothmen. Serial killers. Anyway, let's talk about that. Well, everyone else runs around the property. They're like, man, you could have... Uh, they up for a little don't bit. <laughs> do a very good job of explaining why these serial killers are serial killers. They say that they did it to survive, but we have known that two of them have had regular jobs. Here is here's what I thought. Okay, here's my thought process, and maybe you you'll agree because you I've also watched Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that maybe what they were doing is they wanted them to be like the Hills Have Eyes. We kidnap women to keep the clan going that's what i thought too but i think they did i think they 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 couldn't they couldn't do it they're like i, I bet they're like we can't say that maybe maybe the maybe um, it's implied well maybe the uh the broadcasters the cw was actually like you can't do that you can't have maybe you you can't have the incest rape family as a it's too much it's too much of a villain because in the end he just goes we needed money, and, and like, then it was fun. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know that you have had a job in a mine, good sir, and well, we know the other I, one is a trucker. Um, yeah, he did work the mine. He did work in the I mine. I think he lied about everyone disappearing, though. I think so. Because there's no reason that if these were the Mothman, anybody would ever come back. Exactly. Because they're serial killers. So they're, un- like, I get it. Serial killers kill to kill. Like, they don't need a reason. It's just... But they really set it up like they did have one, and I think it was supposed to be... It has to have been that. Because why else would Polly have been alive for so long? And why else do they only kidnap women? And why else would the women... Why is there, else is there so much time between the women being kidnapped and being found? Yeah. And, like, him saying it's to survive, like... I don't know. There's a lot, and like all the other parallels, and this we know this show loves to be like. This is just a direct reference to. This is an homage, and yeah. by homage, I mean we stole it. We just did the thing, and then we told you. <laughs> yeah, um, like they did the raid. I would not be surprised that the, the, this was supposed to be that, and then they got pulled back for one reason or another. So, speaking of the raid, our characters are not doing a great job of exploring. They're not really paying attention to where they're walking. It's a kind of a comedy of errors tony does actually find Britta in the shed but then someone puts a hand on her shoulder and guy, she screams this guy ends up being actually like the good guy i guess we've never seen him before so this is a young mothman and it is led to believe that he's the one who set lerman free yeah and he was also going to set Britta free i guess because he's tired of murder <laughs> but because tony screamed everything goes wrong everything goes wrong all the mothmen come up dressed in like mothman armor that is bulletproof <laughs> and so Fang steps into a bear trap. Yeah, I like don't get me wrong, that's so painful, but it's it's and, almost comedic. And he will be fine. No, no bones are broken. He just has a little wrapped up ankle. Know that he has a cool moment where he puts his sawn off shotgun against the Mothman's chest and goes, "Do you think your armor will protect against a point blank shotgun?" And the Mothman's like, "Fair point," and just leaves. Um. <laughs> Tabitha tases, or she uses a shotgun on one. No, it, Shock gone, gun. It's called a taser. Um, I was just trying not to use the brand name, I guess. Taser's and not a brand name. Betty 
is, Maybe it is surprisingly inefficient during all of this. Well, it's because she she's her... having some PTSD. Well, she she fires all her bullets at the guy who is immune to bullets, and then he chokes her, and then Tony helps her. Yeah, yeah, and. Oh, and then they hear another crash, and it turns out that in the house, old man Dreyfus just decided to try to bite off his tongue. I, I, the, okay, the two of them doing that makes me feel like there was once a talk amongst the Starkweathers just being like, and if you ever get found out, bite your tongue off. And they're like, that seems... The Excessive. Ul- <laughs> like, I feel like Starkweather had a bunch of other... Dreyfus had a bunch of other options. He could he could try to slit his wrist. He could have done anything, <laughs> but he's like, no, I'm talking to this boy. Bite my tongue off. And so Jughead just like jumped on him and stuck a stick in his mouth so he couldn't do it. How much of a wind up did he have to bite? <laughs> did he do it once? Go, ow, it's harder than I thought it would be. And the Jughead's like, huh. <laughs> like, oh no, <laughs> gotta keep this guy in. Uh, so yeah, so they freed Britta. It's fine. We get a quick scene where Tony and Fangs talk about the they them set. The, the, it's unknowable what we do know <laughs> they went through okay tony and fags went through some form of character development this episode and i don't know what it was it, we are missing pieces <laughs> i don't know what they're maybe they're dating i mean they're raising a baby together maybe now they're gonna start also dating was there a deleted scene where they were worried they couldn't raise their baby i don't know um, also, now Fangs' foot is in Tony's lap, and he has alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Parallels. So that, that's a nice parallel. Uh, Veronica and Archie have a bath together. It's Hir- annoying. Hiram burns a picture of Hermione and Veronica. It's also annoying. Uh, then we have Betty talking to Dreyfus, being like, I called the FBI. It's like, she says, you're going to be arrested. I don't, I'd like to believe underneath the breath, she said, I'm also probably going to be arrested, but... <laughs> I'm going to say that Tom Keller did this. Yeah, I'm just going to say that I didn't put a whole bunch of civilians in danger to uh, do a raid on a serial killer compound. <clears throat> it was a mistake, but it has... Please tell me where my sister is. Yeah, and Dreyfus does. Yeah. I assume because they've all been captured yeah, at, at this point. Yeah, at this point, they have no hope. Yeah, so she's in the junkyard... She's in a trunk. She's in a trunk. She's clearly dead because we see. She's very dead. Because she's the one in a trunk. I don't know why Betty took. Well, no, I do know why Betty took Alice because there was no not taking Alice. (laughs) Yes. Betty's a bad FBI agent still. I still don't think she could take. Because she doesn't know what state Polly would be in in the trunk. Yeah. Is she mutilated? Did she open it up and it's just Polly's head? Like. At least survey the situation before you bring your very fragile mom in on, Maybe in on it. Maybe send the FBI to go and get your sister. Like, do you have to do it? Do you have to do it, Betty? I mean, we know Betty has to do it. Of course she has to do it. Betty used to be the true main character of the show. She is not likable this season. And it's okay. She's damaged. But, like... This raises... Uh, the thing is, like, this ending raises a lot of questions. Like, okay, why was Polly kept... Like, Polly was kept alive enough that she could make the phone call. Yeah. She escaped. And then, they, like, I guess they killed her right after that. But why was she being kept... Well, we know why. We know why. Because of the reason they won't say. But... But why was... then? But also, why was Squeaky... They made a point of saying, it's weird how mutilated Squeaky is. And why did... Why was she... Why did they keep Squeaky's body for so long to mutilate it to make a point? Yeah, why was Paul... Like, what is what is their process of putting people in the swamp or keeping people in the junkyard? And, like, girls appear in the junkyard, or sorry, in the swamp, like, five years after they go missing. Maybe. This family is not managing their serial killing <laughs> well. Well, I mean, I guess the idea is they capture a whole lot, they put them out slowly so that 
they never noticed there was a pattern before. They need to do some process improvements and really streamline their internal processes. <laughs> yeah, they got to bring in a consultant and maybe help them be a better serial killer family. That would be an interesting sketch. Yeah, that'd be good. That, would be, that could be a fun sketch. Uh, but this is not a sketch. This is a show, and it is done. Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What do we what what do we decide to do for the next couple of weeks? Okay. So we do still have two more weeks of Riverdale. We cannot fathom what they could possibly be doing with, the, with these two weeks, but they exist. Gotta be the cult. One of them's the cult. That'd be a cult. Um, but what we are going to do once this season finishes yeah. is we're going to do a retrospective, as we always do. Yep. And then we're going to figure <laughs> out how we got here in a way that will drive us mad. We're going to do an experiment. Riverdale season six is coming out in November. Yeah, it's coming out five weeks after this season ends. So, <laughs> unless if something goes weird, but that is the information we have. We do not have enough time to watch another. We, 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 don't, we can't we don't go to Shadowhunters and then come back. It would break our brains. So, what we're going to do is we're going to watch, for the third time now, the pilot of Riverdale. And then we're going to watch first episode of season two first episode of season three and the first episode of season four and we're gonna understand from <laughs> whence we came we're gonna see the path that we have taken to reach this point oh <sighs> it's gonna be fun Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic just had to go on a master cleanse so they could fit into that Super Bowl performance outfit? And out of it, they learned what their true religion was. I mean, this whole episode is a lot of things that make zero sense and and with a lot of drama. So since I can't pick the whole episode, I just want to highlight something that I think is fun. And it's the fact that they, Squeaky's full name is Lynette Squeaky Fields, which is a very direct reference to Squeaky Fromm, a member of the, of the Manson family. Yeah. And I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Because nothing in here screams Manson family. No. That was more of a season three thing with the um the farm. Yeah. Except for they weren't mer- serial killers. No, they just stole organs. And this didn't have this, like, this was the Hills Have Eyes. So I don't understand why they did it. I think probably a lot of people won't get it unless you're like a fan of the Manson family or a fan of the Assassin's musical. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just I don't understand. That, I don't yeah. understand the reference. It's, it, it's a it's a reference for reference's sake, I guess. In a in a series that at this point is about serial killers, and you know this um, episode has been full of misplaced references. So, what can you do? Yeah, Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Um, God, here's the thing. I think it has to be Tabitha's, like. Tabitha, the only way they could get Jughead into this case, apparently, was to have Tabitha be like... Be in this case. Yeah, I'm going to patron you. You can still work this thing, and but you do this. Like, they couldn't think of any other way. Like, Squeaky, who was in season one, was or season one, episode one, was to set up so that Tabitha could get Jughead into the case. You think? Like, Squeak, Squeaky is motivation for Tabitha to motivate 
Jughead to motivate the crime going forward. And you would think that, like, Jughead, after Betty walked out on him last episode, we could have had a dramatic scene where Jughead, like, confronted Betty by walking out on him and she shared the case and why it was so enthralling or something. It could have been something that was more about their relationship relationship and less of, like... Yeah, and now you guys are, are doing it. Like, and now they're fine. Like, like it wasn't motivate. Like, they didn't have any motivation to join up. And once they did, they solved the entire case so fast because all they had to do was share their stories with each which other. Which I thought Betty already knew. Like, didn't she go with him to Dreyfus the first time? Okay, Betty does not listen to Jughead. Yeah. Also, I think Tabitha went with him. To oh, you're right. The first yeah, it was time. Tabitha, right? Um, like, I think what we learned from last episode is Betty does not listen to Jughead when he talks. Yeah, which. Which apparently would help her a lot, because Jughead... Solved her mystery for her. <laughs> oh my god, Riverdale, what have you done to our it, excellent Betty Cooper? None of the characters, like, do anything. I mean, they do stuff, but it's not under their own volition. I do have a question for you. What have we achieved this season? Like, what character has actually changed since the beginning of the time s- skip forward to now? I guess Archie... Archie cu- tackled his PTSD. Yeah. Tony had a baby. Um, Betty's still in the same... Pl- like, she hasn't gone... Like, like I guess you could say, like, oh, she's accepted her thing. I get Maybe Jughead's not... But he, he didn't seem like an al- like a dehabilitating alcoholic no. at the beginning. It started in the middle and then was resolved in a... That's the thing. Like, there are no stakes. No one has gone through a transformation. Where is my journey? Yeah, and like, I know we have two more episodes, but come on. Like when you ask, what did they want at the beginning? Is that what they have now, or what did they need at the beginning? Is what, and is that what they have now? The only person who has grown, the only person who's gone through a journey, is Archie, and his journey has nothing to do with the rest of the storylines. No. Oh man, it's uh, it's 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 a rough episode. The next two are going to also probably be kind of rough. Look, I'm pretty sure next episode's a musical. Oh. I, you know what, audience? I'm going to give you a little treat for the summary of the next episode. So next week, we'll be seeing uh, an episode uh, episode named Next to Normal, which is a musical. Is a musical. Um, and the synopsis for this episode is refusing to accept what's going on around her. Alice creates an imaginary musical fantasy world in which the Coopers are one big happy family again. Betty does her best to pull Alice back to reality. So next episode is Alice's musical fantasy breakdown. Cool. That's, I that, guess. That, that's what we want for your penultimate episode of the season. And a then, bottle episode. I mean, I, I mean, that's not really, I, I think it's probably going to be in a lot of places. So it's not yeah. exactly a bottle episode, but it is a theme episode. And then we have one more. Then we have one more, which is about something. Great. So if you have guesses about what you think the final episode will be about, because we do not, please tell us on social media. We're Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. Also, please give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. We are putting in so much torturous work for you. You can do this one small thing that helps us out a lot. Oh, you can check out my books. They're available at KevinWeirdBooks.com. And I'm over at AFlimsyPlan.com. All right, and we'll see you next week. Can Alice recover from Polly's death? What will happen with the cult? I think that's all the questions. For answers to all this and just this, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 